remorseful for his sin. And we hear those words of contrition, sorrow, and his realization that God is his Savior. Create to me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit in me. Do not cast me away from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Then I will teach transgressors your ways so that sinners will turn back to you. Deliver me from the guilt of bloodshed, O God. You are my God, my Savior, and my tongue will sing of your righteousness. Open my lips, Lord, and my mouth will declare forth your praise. You do not delight in sacrifice, or I would bring it. You do not take pleasure in burnt offerings. My sacrifice, O God, is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart that you, God, will not despise. Well, by now you've picked up the theme of Ash Wednesday. Indeed, contrition, humility, realizing that we are broken and that we need help. I read a quote when I was looking at that Matthew text where Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount was giving those instructions to his disciples about how to do the faith. And this quote was from J.D. Salinger and the Catcher in the Rye. It's the character Holden Caulfield. And this, at one point, says these words. He says, if you do something good, then after a while, if you don't watch it, you start showing off. And you're not as good anymore. (laughs) I think that wraps up what Jesus was saying there in Matthew chapter 6. He's so concerned with how the faith is being played out in people's lives. That they do it the right way. One of my favorite commentators, Dale Bruner, on on Matthew, speaks of this passage, and he says this, another great quote, I thought, so I'm including it tonight. He said that righteousness that is overly conscious of itself Love that's impressed with its sacrifice or mercy seeking attention or purity done for show are all unrighteousness. It's a warning, I guess, right? I mean, the opening lines that Jamie read were, be careful, watch out, he seems to say. Don't be so flashy about it all. No trumpets now, right? Do what you do in secret where only God can see it. And that is enough. I hear all that and I reflect on that concept of needing to keep it more behind closed doors. And I think, you know, these ashes that we're about to receive, they're problematic. I mean, we're going to walk out of here in a few minutes with black smudges on our foreheads and probably, you know, 
go over to Beans and Brew and, you know, get a, get a latte and people are going to see us. Or maybe we've got some grocery shopping to do. And do I wear it into the store? What, you know, what do I do with these ashes? They're possibly just a little awkward when it comes to listening to the desire of our Lord. You know, Luther had something to say about this too. He said that our righteousness is more dangerous than our sin. Sometimes. You know, when I was a boy, one, I remember one winter Wednesday afternoon, uh, going with some friends over to the, the ice skating rink in, in the park. And as we walked from school to the park, we went by a Catholic church. And as we went by, there were people pouring out the doors of the church, and they all had black crosses on their foreheads. And that was a mystery to me at that time. And it struck me that, you know, we Presbyterians, we... We don't do that kind of thing. I mean, we do what we do behind closed doors, and then we, then we go home. You know, good, stoic Presbyterians, we, we don't show off our religiosity a whole lot. We're kind of stealth. In fact, when I got to seminary, I was walking across campus one day, and this young woman was coming towards me, and I sort of recognized her, and she said, Steve. And it was this girl from high school 10 years before. And she said, after we spoke for a moment, she said, Steve, were you a Christian in high school? I said, apparently, no one knew. <laughs> <laughs> I carried that stoicism maybe a little too far. <laughs> but Jesus does say something about this quiet piety and goes on to talk about prayer and fasting and how we give. And so I hear all of that, and I, I want to wear my ashes quietly tonight with some reverence. I want them to be more a sign of a, an inward part of my heart, an, an inward cant of my heart. You know, this is mostly about <laughs> our demise tonight. I hate to say it, I was thinking also, okay, I'm going to touch them, and then I'm going to tell them they're going to die. <laughs> Great. <laughs> what a way to start, right? But it's the truth, right? Ash Wednesday, we remember, it comes right out of Genesis 3, those words that we'll use in just a few minutes, remember that you are dust, and to dust you will return. You know, Adam and Eve, the, the first man and woman, they they broken the covenants, they had disobeyed and gone their own way and this was part of the curse that they would return to dust. You can read it, Genesis 3. And so we use those words tonight, remembering that we are mortal, that we're not going to make it out of all of this alive. I'm not talking about the service tonight. I'm <laughs> talking about life. In fact, Cindy was reminding me today that the, the church that we go to up in Teton Valley, Church in the Tetons, little Presbyterian church, and uh, last year they did their Ash Wednesday service at the cemetery. It's been snowing so much that they've gone into the mortuary this year for this service. You know, what a reminder. What would it be to be in that space you know, thinking about our own mortality? 
Ash Wednesday is the ultimate lowering of self. We wear our ashes a bit like a garment of, of mourning, of remorse of our own base life that will one day end. But yet, we also wear them with this idea of the little Easter, the triumph that's sort of built right into it. That these ashes, they also mean that we're in need, and God has provided. God has given us a one who would come and he would take the, the sin from us that is going to kill us forever, and he takes that and says, this is mine to do. This is what I want to do for you out of my love for you. So the ashes are a reminder of our mortality, but also of our, our salvation. David, in that psalm we just read, he speaks about my sacrifice, O God. What will it be? What should I do for you? Should I, should I, I bring a sacrifice? And then he gets it. <laughs> he gets it. He says, my sacrifice is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. And that's where Jesus takes us. Leads us all the way to the point of saying, treasure up for yourselves, not things here, but treasure up things in your heart. It's about your heart. You know, ashes, they're really messy. <laughs> I was mixing up Gary's, Gary Peterson got, gave me the ashes and I was mixing those up today and I think I washed my hands about eight times. They get everywhere. In 1980, Cindy and I lived in Spokane. It was our first year of marriage, and that dates us, I know. <laughs> and it was our, our first year of marriage, and uh, one Sunday morning, and this is way before the Internet, of course, one Sunday morning, we, we, when we got up, went to church, came home, and in the middle of the afternoon, all of a sudden the skies in Spokane, Washington, where we lived, grew gray and dark, and it was really strange, and we, nobody knew what was going on. And uh, after a little while, ash started to fall out of the sky. And still, you know, again, the, the news was not really out there, and, People were covered in ashes as they walked around. I went outside and I, I collected a whole jar. This is Mount St. Helens ash. It says on there, eruption, May 18, 1980, Spokane, Washington. I've carried it. I've kept it in my stuff through the years. There it is, ash. And it's super messy. We spent the better part of that next week cleaning ash up on the streets of Spokane. And, you know, all summer long, a gust of wind would come and it would just billow up. You know, you try to wash it off with a hose, it just turns to a kind of a slurry, kind of a mud consistency. And I was working at the time as a reporter down in the Palouse, a farm region south of Spokane, wheat country. And the farmers were all worried that this ash was going to ruin the winter wheat crop. So we wrote stories about that. 
which is, it's, it's really messy stuff. That's kind of my disclaimer for what's going to happen here in a moment or two. If you go home and you say, oh man, that's not really a cross. That, that Steve guy, he you know, failed finger painting or something. I don't, but, um, it's messy stuff. But I think that's also maybe part of the design of it all, that our lives can just be a mess. There's a weakness to our, our spirit. You know, one moment we get it all right, and we sing those songs, and my heart just lifts. And I think, yes, yes. But I know I'm going to go out those doors, and I'm going to begin to think thoughts that are, are not pure. And it's just a mess. And I know I need a Savior. You know, these ashes that Gary prepared for us, do you know how he got them? It says on the bulletin that he took last year's Palm Sunday branches and burned them. And that's where the ashes come from. And isn't that interesting? You know, on Palm Sunday, we, we wave the palms and we hosanna. You know, glory to God in the highest. He's come to save us. You know, we're, I mean, we're on it. We got it. You know, we're, he is king, Lord of all. Yeah, and we're saying all the right stuff. But when we go out those doors, and life happens, and it gets messy. So how appropriate to burn those palms and make ash of them and wipe it on our foreheads and say, you need, you need Jesus. You really need him. It's a mess sometimes. Ash Wednesday. How are your hearts tonight? Don't you love that line that God sees what is in secret? What a relief at times that the whole world doesn't see what a mess I am. But it's a little convicting that God sees it. But even better that God forgives that. He knows our inward parts, we read. Search me. And know my heart, O God. See if there is any wicked way within me. There's no pretending with God, is there? He sees it. sees it all. And he says, it's, it's okay. I'm sending my own dear son. Just watch. Watch what he does. And try to follow him. He's going all the way to the cross. And apart from God's grace, I know my faith is fickle, that I, I need him. And so Joel, in that great passage that Chase read, said, rend my heart, tear it in two, that I might truly understand, truly receive what God has done for me through Jesus Christ. So let Ash Wednesday be a time and let these ashes be the moment that becomes sort of an outward sign of an inward conviction. A time to turn from self to the mercy of God. To release ourself into the glory of who Christ is and what he has done. As Jesus reminds us where your treasure is where the center of your life is, that's where your heart will be. Amen?